Welcome to the Super Facts Show on the Super Facts Network. Featuring St. Laz, who also hosts the popular web series Gem Pop and music journalist Mark Walter Ward. They have discussions about hip-hop, culture, society, philosophy, and everything else. Now available on YouTube and wherever else you get your podcasts. What up, world? Welcome to the Super Facts Show, Super Facts Network. It's your boy, Mark Walter Ward. Today with us, we got B. Van Randall, owner of Verse Comics Playwright. Um, got an incredible milestone as a, as a rapper. How you doing today, sir? Man, I'm doing well, man. I'm alive. How about you? But, well, by that criteria, I'm doing well as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm, that I'm, is. Feeling, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. That is. So, you know, I became aware of you. I, I did an episode with Yuckmouth. Everybody go check that out. And he pulled up his new comic book. And when I saw that, you know, of, of course I had to get it. And, uh, you know, I, I reached out and he, he was gracious enough to, to agree to be on the episode. So can you just give us a, a brief background on how it came to be that you made a comic book with Yuckmouth? And, uh, and, 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 and. <laughs> So I got for, for those just hearing the audio, I got a new I got a new puppy and he, and he was energetic, energetic, yeah. and but but how that how, how the whole yuck mouth uh, comic came to be, I understand it's gonna be a graphic novel at one point, but you're publishing issues and uh, the first one's out now, verse comics. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So uh, my man LB, uh, when we were we were getting verse comics really off the ground and we we knew we wanted to do projects with uh, influencers. Uh, rappers um, and 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 sort of like just uh, hyperbolize or 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 turn their sort of their auras and their and their personas into into fantasy. So uh, my boy LB he introduced me to Yup. He said, "Man, that's a great idea." He says, "You have anybody that you're gonna approach?" And at that time, we had a few you know, tentacles out as far as like different rappers and stuff that we want to work with. Um, and then LB introduced us to uh, Yuckmouth and I ran it by him and he absolutely, uh, he was, he was, he was no hesitation. He was right in his first meeting. Um, and it, what I remember about my first meeting with Yuck, uh, it was telephonically cause I'm in Detroit and uh, Yuck being out there in Cali. Uh, the brother was like, he felt like, like like I've been knowing him, man. He was cracking jokes and we were laughing on the phone. And he was like, Yeah, yeah, let's do it, man. He was like, that shit gonna be dope. And so uh we started just vibing on on what direction we would go in, um, you know, what the storyline would be. And I got to work and uh it took a little bit, it took a little while for us to sort of like uh, get the get the the, the 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 graphics. I mean, not the graphics. The artwork where where we needed it. But um, he loved it. Uh, he loved the story, and uh, the rest was history at that point. Oh yeah, if y'all again, if y'all check out the epi the episode we did with Young Mouth, he was quite enthusiastic about it. But um, before before you linked up and did the comic, how how big a fan of, of his music were you? Man. <laughs> How big of a fan? Like I had, I had his, I had the biggest hit of all on repeat back in the day. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of the older millennials, man. So I was running around here in the nineties. You know what I mean? The loonies, yuck mouth. I mean, that's part of my childhood. So you, you, you know? was copping like the ovulation and United Ghettos of America and all that good stuff. Yeah, man. Stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, the rap a lot stuff. The uh, uh, man, yeah, we we were. I mean, you know, Detroit and, and Oakland got got ties, man. Like that's just that's just that's just how it is, man. But yeah, no, we were straight pimping, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> so no, nah, man, I was I was a big fan of uh, Yuck, big fan of the Loonies. Uh, like I said, man, that whole area, them E forty, that was that's my childhood, man. You know, like that's what we, that's what we vibed out to up here. You know, hey, so, hey, so who 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 rocks Illigators, Oakland or, or Detroit? Ah, man, come on, that's Detroit, bro. Because that, that, those those is like the, the if there was a Mount Rushmore for for Gator Rock and cities, <laughs> Oakland and Detroit definitely going on that all day, man. Even Biggie had to shout us out on that. Hey, but the, you know the um, I was a little surprised at the direction of the comic. Hey, hey excuse yeah. me, one second. I, I got I got an example of that. I don't got arms reach. I'll be right back. I got you. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I forgot I had this public enemy comic. For sure. And in the public enemy comic, it's um, you know, it's more keeping with their artistic personas. And then I remember, you know, there's several different um iterations of Wu Tang comic books, and uh, th th those are more, you know, I, I don't know if you'd say traditional comic book characters, but it's still kind of reflective of their music personas, and music plays a part. But the Yuckmouth comic, he's he's a three thousand year old being. <laughs> um, I I, I don't want to spoil too much, so we're gonna give it away. H how much can you tell me about like? the lore of that world and, and, and why you chose to go with that approach. Yeah. So <clears throat> as you know, like you just stated, uh, the, you got the Wu-Tang comic, you even got Marvel did something with Eminem back in the day. Yeah, um, that, that Punisher XXL crossover. Exactly. Uh, I wanted to do something different, man. Um, that, that had been done. Uh, and you know, Method Man had a comic. It was, it's no, that was that, that concept of tying comics to hip hop artists was nothing new. Which, when what I wanted to do is I wanted to uh, come in with a differentiating factor. And that differentiating factor was that our comics weren't going to be based on th what they do in real life. We wanted to do something different. We wanted to create a fantasy uh, and just use their uh, persona. Um, and, 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 and their essence to influence a character in a totally different world, almost like an alternate reality. What would, what would these people be in some sort of alternate reality? Um, I, we, I just felt as a, I made a decision and I felt like that would be a little bit more entertaining um, and, and just different. And it could, it, and, and when I first did it, you know, it could have been a disaster, but it, it ended up working for us with Yuck Mouth, with Ha Ha Davis, uh, in the stories, we use their essence, we use uh, their likeness, but we don't necessarily uh, tie them to what they do and what their career is in, in the real world, um, because we just felt like it would just make for a more interesting story. So, um, yeah, man, it was it was just a command decision to try something different, to give the public something different, um, and uh, and to create a real story that people would 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 be able to dive into that people could see themselves watching maybe as an animated series or maybe as you know a film one day or a tv show uh we just wanted to create those dramatic stories but then put the elements of who they are in those stories as opposed to trying to piggyback off the fact that oh he's a rapper so his superpowers are rap and we just thought that would just be a little 
you know, predictable. Got you. So that that's why I don't know I don't know how much you can get into it because you know obviously you got cliffhangers and it's gonna be yeah 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 gonna sell each successful issue. So how much can you talk about the lore, like uh, this three thousand year old being? Like does does Yuck Mouth have powers? Um, you know how how is he like financial at the end? He get, well can, can I say what happens at the end? Just the of very last of the very last page. Yeah yeah you can say that. Okay, so he he gets picked up by a driver that's got a very uh, well-stocked bar inside inside of a, 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 a <laughs> just an expensive car. So, yeah. So so one could assume, uh, you know, I could I could assume that he, you know he's financially well off. So how, how much of, of of the lore can you tell us? Oh man, yeah, we can go into the lore. So so basically, he's been around for a very 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 long time. Obviously, uh, his origins start in in uh, ancient uh, Kemet or Egypt, uh, whatever term you want to use. And he's uh, when you've been around that long uh, and seen what he's seen, you've been able to uh, sort of build, essentially build a, a complete empire for yourself. Um, he's uh, 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 very very wealthy uh, and very powerful. He is uh, by definition a mummy and has. Uh, uh, interesting powers and what he can do. Uh, we're gonna for this. You'll see a little bit more of that in the second issue, as far as what he can do and 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 what comes with being a a three thousand year old mummy. Um, it is a horror comic, so there's gonna be some horror elements, as you've seen in the first issue. But as we move into different issues, uh, later issues, the the the, the horror is gonna be even more pronounced um, and. Uh, yeah, he has he has a lot of people working around him that are uh, willing to uh, that 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 either by choice or by force are doing what it is that he needs them to do. But he's he's very much like a uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Octavia Butler's Wild Seed, but he's yes, uh, I love Octavia Butler. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's kind of like a very very much like a Doro character in a way, like just okay. this. This very old, very uh, uh, cerebral uh, uh, figure, uh, you know, but he's but he has his flaws. I mean, even with 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 all of his years of existence and 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 traveling from one corner of the earth to the other. He, hey, uh, hey, he still he still dripped out though. Like, oh yeah, he, always, he, he was rocking some mean fists. I definitely keep that. Hey, when he when he began is when is when all that was was, was starting to pop. You know what I mean? So. He, he always got an appetite for that. And uh, but just a very powerful guy, but also very intense, but also a very, uh, uh, I guess you can say, um, empathetic leader. Uh, he's not too, too dark, but there's some darkness in him. And, and you see that in, in the first issue. And that's and, 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 and what happens in his story and why he's that way starts to get more revealed in issue two. Now, you, you, your company is, you know, you have other titles, and can you tell me how to, to pronounce it? Is it Therian? Yeah, Therian's The Awakening, yeah. So is there any chance that this might be a multi a Therian multiverse? Could Yuck Mouth ever connect? You know what? Absolutely. There's nothing against the, uh, uh, when you talk about comic books, graphic novels, man, this is a reality that we create. So, uh, and it's all coming from, so far, every title we produce is coming out of my mind. So, I'm sure that there's some way in some future issue where, you know, even if it's a one-off where the two worlds are going to collide and meet, 
Um, Cause both of them are actually in that horror uh, horror comic type of realm, you know, in, in Therians, we're talking about werewolves and, um, you know. Uh, oh, it's, it's, it sounds interesting as hell, man. I, I didn't get a chance to cop that in time, but, you know, I, I'm, de I'm definitely looking forward to reading all of them. Yeah, bro. Uh, Therians is uh, award winning. We got uh, we got uh, we got a couple of awards on it as, as the comic book, but then we also got an award on it as the motion comic that's on YouTube if you wanted to watch that. Uh, I was gonna ask you where to watch that in your in your yeah. press package. I saw that, the, that it was well regarded, won some won some awards. So I definitely wanted to watch the motion comic. I remember the Game of Thrones ones that came with the DVDs, and I, I enjoy motion comics and the Watchmen ones if they're done well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We and we we did we did uh, we did our best for what we had at the time, and <laughs> I was a little I was a little self conscious about it, but people they gave it awards. So I was like, okay, it works. Let's do it. Uh, I already know it's done well. You got beautiful. Oh, man, here, I'm obscuring your product, man. I'm sorry. Play with play, Lil Wayne, <clears throat> T-Boz, Steve LT, and Run DMC. <laughs> Y'all got to go this this episode. But, but yeah, the, the, the product is beautiful. This Thank is, you, like, man. You know, you know, sometimes people, you know, in the, I mean, you're, you're an independent comic book company. That's safe to say, right? Absolutely, yeah. You know, they have less, less, less let's say uh high grade products but th this this is absolutely a plus plus great paper thank great you stock beautiful thank art you. thank you man so uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to to reading all of them and you know crossovers and all that you know comic book fans is always into that absolutely absolutely man but that you know when uh, uh reading your press package um well can 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 I get can I get serious or do you want yeah, to yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the rap? Okay, we'll do this. I got one serious question for you. Go ahead. Um, you, you mentioned about how your your dad had mental illness issues, and yeah, I, I myself have mental illness issues. Yeah, and uh, I I wonder if you have any advice on on how, how does a child of a of of a father who has mental health issues how can they deal with that or you know mitigate you know coping tools. You know, I'm I'm not, I'm I'm not, I'm not no psychologist. I don't know all the good jargon, but you know how, I hear how, you. how to deal with it better. You know, um, honestly, Mark, if I if if I knew, uh, I I wish I would have known. I, I for me, I think it was just about staying focused on my my goals in life. You know. Um, not really allowing it to 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 define me um not allowing what i was dealing with and what i was suffering from at home i mean cuz it was it it, it was, there were some very trying times man uh very interesting very trying times um yeah and, I, I, I i can be i can be trying for my family i mean who yeah. knows what the what the overlap of those no need to get into the the you know the specifics of either of our, of our situations but the broad Absolutely. strokes you know yeah it, yeah it, yeah it, no, it, it can it, be a burden on those around you most definitely that's right that's right and i think what what i what i did man is i just i learned to like just not hate my father and to and to understand that what he was going through was not his fault um having the empathy to understand that when our when 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 our brains uh don't perform or function how we need them to uh it, it it's not really much we can do about it right so uh finding that middle ground because i'm gonna tell you man for years i just i really resented my dad i really 
you know, they say hate is a strong word, but there's a, there's times where I really felt like I hated him. But, you know, uh, especially after losing my mom when she was such a young age, he, he, uh, he didn't have anything to do with that, but still just kind of losing the, the, the woman that I loved and cared about the most to, to deal with the man that I felt. Your, your protector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom was my protector. And then to be left with the, with the guy that I felt, you know, all my life kind of made my childhood very tumultuous. I had a lot of resentment, but uh, being able to understand that it wasn't his fault, to be able to understand that mental illness is something that can attack any of us. None of us are uh, 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 too, uh, uh, have a 100% defense against it. It's just I mean, like catching cancer, you know. Man, just like it's, catching it's, cancer. It's I mean, think, think about it, like even with COVID, man, like I didn't realize how, even for me, how being trapped in the house 24-7 for a year will start affecting me, you yeah, know? I mean, so, and, 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 and that's where mine comes from, you know, um, being incarcerated, solitary confinement, you know? Yeah, man. Not, not, not new, the typical story, but mad of us got, got problems because of that, that's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, like I, I, I suggest anybody watch the Khalif Browder documentary on Netflix and, and realizes the solitary confinement will give anyone who's subject, if you don't get a mental problem from it, man, you, you that that's amazing god bless you but but the majority of people do and that's happening to people every single day all over this country inhumane treatment right inhumane treatment solitary is definitely inhumane we ain't going to get into mass incarceration or oh, people right. yeah. a lot, but yeah. but solitary confinement is absolutely inhumane because I've, I've seen it if it drives people to white wipe they shit on the on the on the on the windows and the walls obviously that's not good one of, one of the biggest problems with incarceration man is that you know, when you look at the numbers, statistically speaking, they estimate that somewhere around three, maybe I think it's like three to five percent of all prisoners in, that are locked up are innocent. So having that solid number, right, having that three to five percent that we can pretty much say we know three to five percent are innocent, we should be doing a lot more to not make the make incarceration such the nightmare well, that it is well, well then not not to interrupt you brother not just the innocent people let's not forget the sick people because many That's people right. are in there because of addiction you know mm -hmm. that theft, theft crimes related to addiction and many people are in there for untreated mental health absolutely so if you, so if you on, take man. away that if you take away the the mentally ill the addicted and the innocent you know you're you're, you're clear and and then let's not even get into the nonviolent marijuana offenders yeah. And you're, you're, you're clearing out a huge percentage of the prison population. Bro, listen, man, I grew up on the east side of Detroit, right? If you're from Detroit, you know the east side is probably the one of the worst worst places in the city to grow up. Um, but, you know, my uh, uh, I got I got people that I know, man, that I grew up with that are serving life sentences in prison. I got others that are, that are, that are in the ground, man. And But what I do know is that growing up as a youth, uh, we were not criminals, man. Like, we were just poor. We weren't criminals and we weren't killers. And and the, the ones that were, we knew who that was. Everybody in the hood knew who that dude was. And everybody in the, in the hood knew that that dude was not somebody that you wanted to really mess with like that yeah. because he was half a bubble off. So this idea and this notion that you go through the hood ready for battle because all of these ghetto people want to kill you or fight you is, you know, it, it's bullshit. And, and, and 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 has to it has to change and and I going back to the five, the three to five percent of people uh, being innocent. 
if if it's one percent, if we know that we got one percent in there that's innocent, shouldn't we be doing more to protect? I get people don't have much empathy for people who who without a doubt committed a crime. But if we know, if we know we have a percentage that is innocent, that percentage, right, should be what we should be basing the prison experience off of because they're in there unjustly. So base the prison system off those innocent ones that are just getting the short end of the stick due to police corruption or due to somebody just trying to get their man and build the system off of that. And then maybe you might actually be able to get the rehabilitation that you're shooting for, but we know it's not really about rehabilitation. That's for another conversation, though. We well, I mean, I, I can sum it up like this: the reason that don't work right now is that you can't get elected off that. Exactly. Now, exactly. Let, now let, 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 let's get deep real quick. Yeah. You know, you know, since since or profound or whatever, or, or maybe I'm overrating my, my my the 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 my the, my question. No, you, you 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 you. Well, I mean, you got to hear the question first. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> you, 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 you writing this horror stuff and you mm -hmm. obviously have dark moments in your life. And, you know, sometimes horror comic books specifically have been criticized. But do you think that people understand that how therapeutic it is or do you find it therapeutic to write horror comics? And, and, some, and is it somehow a, a release of, of darker sides? I mean, everyone's got dark sides to their personality or, or maybe even dark thoughts you dwell on. Mm -hmm. You know, like that could be like a subconscious expungement of, of negative thoughts. Could be. Um, every every type of story or every genre of story is really just trying to tell us something about ourselves, right? So uh, if, if it, you know, and, and like this, as they say, every story is a love story at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if it's horror. It doesn't matter if it's comedy. At the end of the day, there's a, there's a love story um, in there, intertwined in there. Um, my brain, the way the way my brain tends to function, I tend to write fantasy. I tend to write horror, uh, but I do do comedy. So I, I did the 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 Ha Ha Davis book was was comedic. You know, um, there was no darkness, there was no horror in it. Um, but I do have a love for horror. I don't know to be one hundred percent honest if my love for for horrific things um, stems from a childhood from 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 a childhood darkness um, and sort of maybe me facing my fears through writing about it um, because there were a lot of moments in my childhood where I was very afraid, you know, given my upbringing and, and how, how life was for me, I was afraid and I felt alone in a lot of times. And I felt like I needed to be brave to take care of my sick mother uh, because my father was incapable. So had, did a lot of that stim stimulate my thoughts in a more darker round, possibly, um, you know, I don't, I don't buy too much into it. I just, I just love to be entertained. I think naturally as humans, we love to be scared. We, we, we enjoy it. We have entire theme parks that are dedicated to taking us to the, to the, to the brink of death or, you know, the perception of the brink of death, but just bringing us back. That's what roller coasters are. You get the thrill that you're getting ready to like crash to your death, but you're not really, it's safe, you know? And, and, and that's why horror has been such a, uh, um, a beloved genre in general in, in filmmaking, um, you know, because it kind of gives us that rush, that fear that you might perish, uh, take you there, but pull you right back to safety. So, um, yeah, man, I, could it be something deeply rooted there, you know, that I'm, that I'm 
utilizing the, out for, the art form and the medium to express possibly, or it could just be just like every other human. We just love that rush, man, that, that, that hundred miles per hour down the freeway, you know, uh, you know, that, that roller coaster, that bungee jump that, you know, scare me, give, give me an adrenaline rush, make me feel alive for a split second, because that's when we feel the most alive was when we, when we're scared, the heartbeat picks up, you know, the adrenaline dump, you know, that fight or flight sets in. That's when you feel most alive. One, one thing my father used to tell me back in the day, whenever I got into any conflict with a, with a, with a bully or some kid that, that I had to fight was uh, don't think that that feeling that you have is fear. You know, the butterflies in the stomach, the flush feeling in your face when you know you're getting ready to get into this fight. You know you're getting ready to have to whoop somebody's ass, right? Or they whoop your ass. It's a, this flush feeling. He says, that's not fear. He says, that's the body telling you that the shit is about to go down. Now, right. later on, I, I learned that that's called fight or flight. You know, it's, it's, it's not fear. But that rush, he says, embrace that, right? Embrace that. Because and, 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 and when you stop feeling that feeling, then you're dead. Simple. Word. So then I guess in regards to the strength of the question, I was more the pretentious professor. In this case, a cigar was just a cigar. <laughs> All right. So in the book, it says created and written by, by B-Man mm -hmm. and then illustrated by Jarrell Threat. So when you create when you create and you write this out, how difficult is the process or, or even what does the process look like of the illustrator getting the, the, the vision properly manifested in the, into something tangible? Yeah, man. Uh, actually, his last name is Treat. I know. I used to say threat for, for months. It's treat, pronounced Treat. treat. It's, excuse me, Jarrell yeah, Treat. Yeah, well, yeah. well, whatever. Either pronunciation, your shit is dope, or rose yeah. by any other name. <laughs> it's still just as dope an illustration. He's he's super dope, man. So so yeah. So the process with Jarrell is, uh, or any artist, uh, dope artist that I work with, man, is uh, I'll I'll come up with an idea. Uh, I'll usually bring them in on the idea. We'll t you know talk about in generality, uh, like a synopsis of where I want to go with the story. Uh, then that way, the artist will then start to draft uh, some concept images, uh, what the characters may look like, um, what the world is going to look like. Uh, I'll once once we have that, that sort of helps. I'll commence to uh, writing a script uh, of of the story, um, and then once the script is done, I hand it off to them. You know, we do our I do with my uh, I take my first draft, hand it off to them. From that script, uh, the the artist will then start to sketch the, sketch the concepts, the panels, what what the layout will look like. Um, it's a lot of back and forth. He sends me the sketches. I compare the sketches to the script. I can, the sketches are not defined, defined, but they're good enough for me to sort of see the layout of how the characters will be in the scene. He gives me just enough to be able to see if that's how things should look on, pay, on paper. Once we come up with a finalized, okay, we love these sketches, these sketches coincide with the script, then we move into finalizing it with more, with more detailed penciling. Then from there, we go into uh, inking. And then finally, uh, we'll go into um, uh, coloring it and getting it ready for actual publication. The Superfast Network, home of Jet Pop, SDE, and The Superfast Show, now available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts from. Come check out St. Labs, G from the Shop, and Mark Walter Ward.
so you know another thing going through your your EPK, I noticed that uh, you know you, you had you you have had a rap career, and uh, I checked out uh, the two Parenthood songs that, that, that's on SoundCloud. Unfortunately, I got Spotify, not Apple, so I couldn't hear hear the whole thing. But you know, I, I like that whole concept. Can you tell me about the Parenthood project you released? Oh yeah, man. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I did I did hip hop for years, man. Um, you know, coming up out of high school, I just had a love for it, not just being a um, fan of it, but a student of it and, you know, studying and, and, and trying to work towards a career uh, in it. And uh, things 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 were, were, were good. I learned a lot, uh, you know, came close a lot of times to some very uh, notable people in the industry. Um, and then, you know, put out a, put out a couple of projects that I was pretty proud about back in the day. And, uh, so <laughs> I ended up sort of pulling back from hip hop and getting more into my creative side of like playwriting and screenwriting, but I ended up having a family and my, my, my kids became fans of some of the music that I was doing back in the day. So I had these little kids in the, in the back seat who, you know, my, my babies who are listening to my music. And now as a dad, I'm like, oh, they can't be listening to this. So I can't, you know, we can't do this because I have my son. Hey, dad, play this. Hey, dad, play this song. Play the song of yours. And this, uh, so I'm like, all right, so let me do something. Let me create an album maybe that, uh, that I will feel more comfortable with them listening to, uh, with them being so little. And then also, uh, being a dad, man, um, you start to really feel your mortality, man. Like you really start to like, I find myself worrying all the time about like leaving my kids, you know, in, uh, yeah, prematurely. I know about um, it. You know, and I'm not even a type of dude who lives life on the edge like that, but just the reality of like every moment is like borrowed time, man. Like you don't know if a drunk driver going to, you know, crash into you or not brain to be morbid, aneurysm, brain aneurysm, anything. and you know what I'm saying, like not, 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 I mean, not to it, be morbid. It, it, it's factual. It's not. Yeah, yeah, it's it. a reality. It happens. It happens to us all. So, so when I when I sat down to do the album, I was like, all right, I wanted, I want to do something that is fun that they can listen to, uh, but that they'll have a piece of me, so that if something was to ever happen to me, they could go back and listen to that album, and they can feel like I'm talking to them through the music. So I put these tracks together really just as me just talking to my kids, man. So like, it, you know, they could go on and, 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 and not just be entertained, but uh, feel like that they were getting some sort of message from their dad, you know, um, if, if that reality was to ever hit. And then, you know, uh, it ended up being like, they loved it. They, they loved it. My nieces loved it. And it's like, so, this, run, this running joke. I'm like a celebrity in my family amongst all my nieces and nephews because they, they all are, they all are, they hey, young hey, and them, little. Them two jumps on SoundCloud slap. I, was, I let my eight year old daughter listen to them. She, <laughs> she was definitely grooving. We gonna have to get our hands on the full project. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was fun, man. We had a lot. I had a lot of fun recording it, man. It was just a fun, clean, family friendly project uh, that kid, you know, that my kids could vibe out to. I didn't have to feel guilty about them listening to it because it didn't have any profanity in it. You know, nothing about, you know, the, the hoes or none of that. So it was just fun. We just had fun doing it, man. I, you know, I just, I'm just glad that I did it and it's, and it's forever there. Maybe my grandkids will listen to it one day. All right. And then I want to get out of there with this, you know, the, the most 
mind-blowing thing in, in, in this man your like your electronic press kit is like it's like a little mini novel like that that shit was one of the most <laughs> interesting ones i ever read thank uh, you man so you were the first artist to perform for the troops at guantanamo bay first hip-hop uh, first, first hip-hop hip artist. artist yeah uh, how did that come about oh wow yeah and and then what was it what was it like go, like getting there being there all that Oh, wow. So, 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 um, all right. So story time. So I was, I was in the army, uh, I joined the army back in, uh, 1999. Um, and then, you know, I was still doing this hip hop thing and, uh, I ended up getting, uh, 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 September 11th ended up happening back in 01. Uh, a year later I get the call, um, that I was being mobilized. And I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the dead smack in the middle of like promoting myself, uh, you know, hip hop, rapping, uh, my good friend, uh, Lazarus, he's the, uh, the, the medical doctor, uh, the, the hip hop, uh, the artist and medical doctor out of Vegas. He's from Detroit. So me and him met on the college campus. Like we, you know, I'm in the prime of like trying to make something happen with this whole hip hop thing, um, and making connections with, with people like him in, 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 in the meantime. And so we get mobilized. They say, hey, Randall, we going, you know, we got the call. Uh, so we get mobilized right dead smack in the middle of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I end up in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, and I felt like for a minute there, like I, I had to put my hip hop career on hold because, you know, I had to go do this tour for a year with the Army. And so I'm down there and, you know, one of my battle buddies, that's what we call them, one of my battle buddies suggests like, you know, because they were all fans of my music. They were like, bro, you should put a, you should put on a concert here. And at first, I'm like, I'm discouraged. I'm down. I'm like, man, no, nah, I ain't trying to do all that. And, you know, and then finally, you know, I could be a little bit bullheaded. But then the idea sort of started festering. And I'm like, okay, no, nah, this could work. So I reached out to the uh, what's called the MWR, the Morale and Welfare Recreation Program on, on Guantanamo Bay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a hip-hop artist. <laughs> you know. Uh, that sounds like an oxymoron, like a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, it was, it, it, yeah, they tried. Let's just say they tried. So, I, I mean, they, them, th they, they throw a rap concert, so shout out to them for that. There it is. There it is. Nothing else. There it is. So, they, they, uh, I reached out to them. They were like asking me a bunch of questions or whatever. And <coughs> they were like, all right. Uh, they started softening up to the idea. So, my whole crew at the time, um, shout out to, uh, you know, Quentin Denar, Brandon Fletcher, uh, 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 um, my boy Terrence, uh, the whole crew, um, they came out, uh, we flew them all out and, uh, they had to get security clearances and everything. It was crazy. So they fly into Guantanamo Bay. Uh, we do this, this, this big concert down there. Um, the, the troops love it. Uh, we started getting write-ups in like Source Magazine, all kinds of stuff, man. And, and there was some talk about, you know, us going around performing at all the military bases, but, uh, that didn't never happen. We we that for some reason that never manifested. But at the end of the day, man, it was it was a great experience. Uh, to this day, man, when I get around my boys, uh, uh, Quentin and them, they like, man, man, it's crazy to know that we, you know, performed in Gitmo in Cuba. How many people can say they did that? You know, so it was it was a hell of an experience, man, and we we had a blast doing it. So that's how that all came about. And that's wild, man, man. Well, thank you for joining us today. Before we get out of here. Um, hey, please stay on after I stop recording too. But um, sure. um, please, um, can you shout out your Instagram and, and the website where they can get your comics? 
For sure, for sure. So the IG is uh, B Van Randall at B Van Randall, B Bravo V Victor uh, A N Randall. Um, and then also uh, t the Twitter is uh, uh, the ghetto underscore nerd. Um, and then the website is uh, www.verse, V E R S E, comics with an S, USA.com. That's www.versecomicsusa.com. I would, I'll be in the show notes of the audio part of this. Thank you for your time, brother. Have a good day. Sure. Thank you for having me, Mark. Out. The Superfacts Network, home of Jet Pop, SCE, and the Superfacts Show, now available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts from. Come check out St. Labs, G from the Shop, and Mark Walter Ward.